Welcome to the Power Kid Podcast, the premier and longest running podcast focused on the modern toy and entertainment industry. Power Kid is an award-winning design and development firm, and we are a proud member of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. Adventure Media is the publisher of your favorite industry publications, including The Toy Book, The Toy Insider, and The Pop Insider. I am your host, Phil Albritton, and I bring you great conversations with talented people making amazing products for kids. Toys, books, games, TV, movies, I bring them to you here every episode. Welcome aboard. Hello, 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 Power Kids, and welcome to this special edition of the Power Kid Podcast. Guys, on episode four, we're going to close out our invention special edition series with Matt Nuccio. What to expect next? We've taken you through the ideation stage, the prototype stage, the pitch, and now you've gotten the nod from the manufacturer. They're going to go forward with your idea. What to expect next? Matt, I'm just happy that I can expect something next. This has been a good experience. You should expect to get screwed. (laughs) (laughs) You're so cynical. So cynical. Yes, yes, yes. You're doing it too long. Too long. The decimals keep moving in the wrong direction in my bank account. <laughs> so this is where, honestly, this is the long road ahead, right? That stuff early on, that can be the fun stuff, the creative stuff. This is where you really have to make your invention and your invention skills a business. If you want to do this, this is where those business skills are going to fall into place. And there's some timing things that I think we want to share with the amateur inventors out there. Look, there's a 30 to 45 day review goes through R and D marketing and sales often depends on the company. Uh, but we could be four to five months with your idea, defining it, creating the specs, engineering it, sourcing it, costing. So, don't expect to walk out of the meeting with a nod and then end up with a royalty check in your mailbox the next week, right? Yeah, it's a long road. You, you're probably supposed to see a royalty check for uh, two years, you know, in some in, in most cases. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Even after all that, if your item makes it on the shelf, all companies have different processes. But I want to take us through some of those that are are universal there's the initial review internally there's the internal review with the maybe the correct marketing team so it has to pass through that gate it'll go to the engineering team internally to that manufacturer for costing and prototypes at that point the manufacturer will know enough that they can have a solid idea of whether or not this idea can be created, whether or not this toy can be manufactured. And then you're going to have a conversation about optioning it or going into contract and what that looks like. At that point, it's handed to the development team. Uh, There's an executive review with a looks like, works like uh, prototype and potentially a first shot of the product. Um, And then it goes to sales teams and trade shows and they make their projections. Ultimately, it goes into the hands of the consumer and that's the, that's the process. And that's, that's where uh, everything comes together for the inventor and for the manufacturer. Does this item resonate with the consumer, with the kids, with the parents? It's a long process, Matt. What, what's your experience with that process? Well, it is different with, with every single company. And I really have to be careful because if I, if I go too far into somebody's process, you know, the next thing you know, I'll have, you know, 
Fisher Price and Vendor Relations waiting for me with baseball bats in my car. That's on right. My way, That's on my right. way out. You know, <laughs> trade secrets, Mister Nuccio. You know, uh, but but yes, in general, you know, the, if, you're, if you're fortunate enough to be like, yes, we would like to do this, we're going to go to contract, right? So, uh, or more often than not, especially with the larger toy companies, before that even happens, they're going to they're going to ask you to hold it, and they're going to want to give you, you know, X amount of dollars every month for three months so to give them enough time to review it. And in that time, while they're holding it, you, you're not allowed to show it or license it to anybody else, you know? Right. Um, and if, and then, then when they get to that point and they decide they're going to go, then they're going to apply that holding money to whatever advance they offer you. Yes. Right. And then, you got to start negotiating, you know, your royalty rates and your advances and your guarantees and your and your renewal costs. But there are standards to that, all right? So holding money, negotiable, changes from company to company. I don't want to spew a number because, you know, people might get mad or, or other companies might go, whoa, we're paying too much. And I'll be like, oh, I right, really right. ruined that for everybody. Um, changes, per, changes per manufacturer, yeah. so, absolutely. But, um, when it comes to advances, I generally – Try to negotiate that based on 20% of the first year's projection order. And if they can't tell you what their first year projection is, then they're not doing their job. I mean, they should know that they're at least making like a container load, you know? And if we know, let's sure. take like your standard sure. board game, right? Your 10 and a half by 10 and a half board game, you know, and if it fits into, let's just say a, a small container, a 20 foot container, that's 5,000 and it's like 5,002 or 5,004 pieces go into there. And you should be able to extrapolate. You know what? How many, if all those are sold, then it's X amount, right? So then you take twenty percent of that because, and that's your advance. And then what are your your royalty rates? Well, your standard royalty rates in the toy industry is is five percent of net gross and four and four percent to three percent uh, if it's third part if there's a third party license involved, such as Disney or whomever. Right? Yep. Yeah, it goes back to our previous conversation about if your invention makes sense to be branded Barbie Monopoly Avengers, like we talked right. about. And there's advantages and disadvantages of both, right? Because you might say, oh, they knocked me down to three. And by the way, I, I want to indicate that uh, the three to four percent, I generally try to negotiate in any agreement that that's based on whatever licensing royalty rate that license has. Because it's not, I don't want to just knock it down to three percent and find out that they were paying two percent for some, you know, BS license to make a difference. Yes, but right, if, but if, that's right. right, that's right. But if it's, you know, if they're paying twelve percent or, or to to say Disney for whatever the hottest movie is, you know, I have to make allowances for that. I understand that. We're also going to get very heavy placement in retail, and we're going to blow through a lot. So it's worth it's worth the trade off. That's right. No, let's unpack that a little bit. Not every brand, not every license charges the same. It is more expensive to attach Spider-Man to your toy, to your item, than it is uh, something new that just came off of Netflix or something new that just came out of the comics that, that's not proven to push product. So great point, Matt. Yeah. Another part of this conversation, Matt, is at this point when we're looking at the contract, this is where to me – the patent discussion really comes into play. And so I didn't include much of the patent discussion earlier on in our previous episodes because this is where it's critical. Now, early on, a patent can be 
a benefit to you. It can give you an edge. It gives the manufacturer the knowledge that you own this, that this is something that you can absolutely transfer to them with no issues. On the other hand, patents are expensive. Sometimes they will slow the process. So if you can't show this item until your patent is delivered, you may uh, t- too much time may go by and your in- invention, your idea may not be relevant to the toy industry anymore. You're way too much time. You have, you have to remember the toy industry is a fashion industry. It moves at a very rapid rate. And what's popular today is not popular tomorrow. So if you're patenting something that's of trend now, it's probably not worth it because by the time that patent is issued, it's this category or the idea or whatever it is that you have could probably be long dead. That's it. That's it. And one of the biggest problems that I think we have with owning a patent is that it locks that idea in place. It does not allow that idea to change. Look at all that those those processes we had to go, the internal reviews, uh, the costing and the prototypes handed to the development team. The sales team gets a hold of it. At any stage along that chain of events, your item within that manufacturer may grow or change in some significant ways that then it may fall outside of the patent that you own. And it just causes all kinds of frustration at that point. So in the toy industry, allowing our ideas to flow quickly, to move quickly, to change quickly, I think that's critical. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. What I might opt for if I really wanted to protect something would be a provisional patent. They're inexpensive. Uh, they can protect the idea for a year, allow you to uh, to pitch that idea. And then afterwards, uh, after the year is up, you can change the idea. If, if, if through that chain of events internal to that manufacturer, they want to massage your, your idea or your product, your invention a little bit, we're free to do that because we don't have this stone cold patent yeah, yeah. in place. I, I, I do agree with that. There's, it's worth going, listen, just, you know, besides the fact that I was just saying that, you know, patents are generally not that worthwhile in the toy industry, but there are always exceptions, right? And you never know. Nobody has a crystal ball. You don't want to go too far down the road. So, yeah, it's worth doing a provisional, you know, and, and just sort of locking it in there. And it just helps you bring it to the next level. And then, you know, oftentimes you might be able to negotiate with your, whoever you're licensing to, for them to take over the patent expenses. Absolutely. No, great, great point. Matt, so much more to talk about on this topic, but we're going to close down this special edition, uh, these four episodes. I think this has been a blast. Uh, Matt, final advice. Amateur inventor has an idea. Is it worth it? What do you think? Do they step outside? Do they try it? What's your parting advice to them? Oh, I mean, we're in the toy industry. It's all about chasing your dreams. Go for it. Go for it. Great way to end the episodes, Matt. Thank you for your time, for coming on. This has been an absolute blast. I know my listeners have enjoyed this. And Matt, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Phil. 